0: Hello keyboard world, happy 2021 and thanks for tuning in to the third episode of the More Keys Please podcast. I realize it's been about two years since I've released an episode and those two years have been very eventful and crazy to say the least. In this episode I interview my friend Mr. Greg Asadorian shortly after meeting him in 2019 on the island of Aruba. He is a resident piano player on the island for the two busiest tourist months of the year. He's been doing this gig for about a decade, and he runs an incredible piano bar show from a venue called Sopranos Piano Bar, which is this tiny room right on the uh, main drag, and it is probably my favorite piano bar in the world that I've been to. Uh, Greg absolutely knows how to command a crowd, and get to all of the requests that came to him. I was so inspired uh, after this trip that I decided to quit the band that I was playing in and pursue piano bar entertainment, which is kind of where I started as a musician, playing requests and covers just solo, maybe with the drummer or a couple other musicians, but definitely piano bar style. And I've been doing that for two years now with the help of Greg. Greg has been super, super responsive to every single one of my millions of questions regarding gear, crowd management, and playing styles. Greg has also turned me on to some of the gear that he uses, Uh, two pieces in particular. The CP33, which we talk about during the uh, conversation that you're about to hear, and the Dutch Grand Piano Shell which is a beauty. It's, um, it's lightweight, it's elegant, and it really enhances a performance, especially for private parties in places that do not have pianos. I love it. I bought one uh, from the Netherlands, had it imported, and it folds up nicely, fits in my SUV, fits on top of my SUV, and is just a wonderful conversation piece. And Greg, uh, I owe it to Greg, you know, these past couple years, uh, I believe this conversation is what what really did it. It changed the course of my musical career, and this episode is long overdue. One more thing I want to add is uh, we are on the island, so you will hear wind and island sounds, which actually... uh, Are quite nice because we digress from talking about music and talk about the island of aruba which greg knows quite a bit about as he's been doing this gig for a while let's roll episode three of the more keys please podcast greg acidorian aruba january 2019 We have Greg here from Aruba. How do you pronounce your last name?
1: Azadorian.
0: Azadorian. Is that... Is that Armenian. Th- it's Armenian.
1: Anytime you see a last name with I-A-N, that's an Armenian name. Really? Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Good to know. Uh, Greg has... He holds my dream job. <laughs> he is a uh, keyboard player... Not a keyboard player. A piano player in Aruba at a piano bar called Sopranos he landed it he's doing it and he is he's making a living spectacular performance in fact I wasn't going to bring my podcast rig to Aruba and I figured I'd check the Sopranos website and I looked up looked up your name and I kind of creeped around and I was like this guy this guy's legit (laughs) if I could just have you know 10 minutes of his time for an interview see what I can learn from him and then you know I've I've been to two of your shows now spectacular ah thanks man strong bass lines subtle drum machine usage but it's good, it's not cheesy background tracks, and I didn't hear you play Uptown Funk a million <laughs> times because you go all around the island, and it's just like nothing against it. They're playing to tourists. I didn't come to Sopranos to hear Uptown Funk mm-hmm. a million times. It's, it's so. nice to
1: get. A, usually, so, I just get a Bruno request, and my go-to if they just <laughs> write Bruno is uh, I like doing the Lazy Song.
0: Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, it's got a little reggae feel. Mm-hmm. Is there much reggae on this island? I haven't found any.
1: Uh. It- not really, depends yeah. on what the bands are doing But the local bands really just cater to the tourists that are here So you'll see even local bands are playing Bon Jovi songs Just to uh, get them up dancing
0: Oh really, yeah They do a nice job though, it's it's a decent music scene It's always hit or miss, you know, with a vacation spot But So what's it like? You you wake up around 11, you go
1: just hang out? Yeah, yeah Live, have, live the uh, dream? Dep- depends on the day, it's definitely not vacation when you're down here Because I'm working six nights a week um it's a long show you know it's we're open for five hours i'm on stage for about four hours of that and it's it makes a long grueling night really the hardest part is just keeping your vocals in good shape and uh you you have me breaking one of my rules i usually would never drink in the daytime but we're enjoying a nice little amstel bright while we're having this chat yeah yeah i uh (laughs) but at daytime it's always water and tea time and uh, (laughs) i'm sure i'm
0: sure you'll crush it tonight how did you how did you end up uh, doing the piano bar gig? Is this something you've always done? I
1: basically I got out of college. Uh, I was a music business major at one of the University of Massachusetts uh-huh. schools, and I thought coming out of school I was going to end up working for a music label and go be an A and R guy. And this was late '90s, and that all seemed possible then. And I'm really glad I didn't follow that path because uh, <laughs> you know what the music industry has turned into now. Yes, and the typical. Um, A and R job for record labels really isn't there, and not that same thing anymore. So I just gotten a job out of college, working for a store that was a Steinway rep. They were selling Steinways, and so I worked for a piano store, and that's great until you're in you know central Massachusetts and not selling a lot of Steinways. Yeah. So it was. uh, I I was. I was. I was twenty twenty three years old. I was ready to. Do something a little more exciting and happened to go on a family cruise and noticed um, a piano bar on that. It never occurred to me that that was something that was possible. I always assumed a piano player on a cruise ship would be, you know, doing jazz or the cocktail scene in the corner or the Um, theater or something. Yeah, and I was it was a carnival ship and they had their piano bars or very featured front and center room. Yeah,
0: we were just talking about mm-hmm. that. You know.
1: And I, so I got to meet someone that was doing that job, and I said, this is something I want to do.
0: Was it fantasy class? Was it one of those?
1: I The first one I started on, uh, well, I, I saw it on the Carnival Destiny, which has now been turned into the Sunshine. Okay, so is
0: it a larger... Um,
1: yeah. but, well, that was the one I saw it on first. And then my first time working on a ship... Uh, once I went through the audition process and got the job, I was on the Carnival Celebration, which is smaller than yeah, the, uh, smaller than the Fantasy class. So that was my first job on, and I did a six-month contract. That was out of
0: Galveston, right?
1: At the time, was New Orleans.
0: At the time, well, even even it fun still. It was out still. of New
1: Orleans, and um, oh,
0: just like four or five nights. I tell you,
1: the ship was well past its prime it was you know old when i got on it it was uh, lasted a few more years but uh, still some of the greatest times i've ever had because i made such good friends with uh, the other entertainers and crew members on that ship and it was just uh you know that that whole it's like your freshman year in college everyone remembers your first time going away and doing this and that was like that magical experience for me i too. bet it was
0: a madhouse too those four and five night cruises yeah well that's get, oh, this was doing sevens i was just doing sevens yeah Cause I know the four and five nights you get just drunks like, like, you know, sevens got more of the family, I feel like, but four and five it's more just people wanting to just get Absolutely. away and just drink and just.
1: Well, I went from, um, the celebration then I moved up to one of the fantasy class ships. I was on the inspiration. Okay. Still out of that one came to new Orleans as well. Then I moved up to the bigger ships and I was on the triumph and the victory when those okay. were brand new. And
0: what uh, what was your favorite type of cruise? The, the, the shorter ones or the longer ones? as far as a piano bar perspective the shorter
1: ones were definitely more high energy so whenever you had the four and five day runs it was people wanted yeah, to cram it they in definitely wanted to come party they, yeah. they were there for a yeah. purpose
0: that's and a, this was
1: before the uh, drink packages were popular so i can't imagine what it would be like now
0: well people were sneaking their booze back then yes. so they were um equally as shitty but um no yeah. for
1: that i just you know it was trial by fire it's like here's the room go do it and figure it out Up until then, I had played all through college. I was doing um, an acoustic duo show with my brother, who's also a performer, and he was a guitarist and a singer, and we just did duo stuff playing all college bars. Mm -hmm. So I had the repertoire of knowing the right songs, and then it came to be do the piano bar and just do it on your own and make people have fun.
0: Now, the piano bar on the... On the cruise ships, it's it's an actual acoustic piano. Do you do you prefer that, or do you like just banging on an electric piano?
1: Absolutely not. I would. I'll take the digital piano any day of the week.
0: Yeah. Always. I can't tell you how many
1: times it was tuning, broken strings, and amplification was always an issue too. You know, they throw one uh, SM57 in the piano, and that would be the mics. They don't have (laughs) a pickup sometimes too. Then now they do. Back then, this was you know in the early two thousands. It was you know throw a mic or two underneath oh, the, the lid and uh, try to EQ it, and then you're having you know fighting with feedback and trying to get the sound yeah. right. There's no attack in the bass. And
0: you got to have a really hot mic too for a piano. Exactly.
1: So I I would take the perfectly sampled digital piano any day of the week.
0: Or maybe even not sampled. Maybe uh just a digital recreation. Mm-hmm. I, I like a just a, a nice biting digital replica of I don't know the m one is my go-to. Mm-hmm. Uh, just. It sounds like crap but it just cuts through
1: everything. For me it's the uh, the Yamaha CP33 which has been the mainstay for the past I'd say 10 to 15 years in uh, the piano bar circuit. And number 3, the mono the mono piano patch is just absolutely perfect for what we need it to do.
0: That's it. Mm-hmm. CP33 mono. That's the that's a staple in the uh in piano the, bar world. Yeah. Really?
1: Now the the they stopped making the 33 about 3 years ago so it's Party bus coming by us. Yeah, that thing is, uh, not that one,
0: but the other one's nuts. By the way, we're you're hearing the trade winds, the Aruban trade winds. Uh, in the background, we're, we're on location here on the beautiful sunny island of Aruba. It's the second best drinking water in the world. A L- little, little Aruba plug. It's fantastic. I recommend. Is this your favorite island to work on?
1: Uh, I have a lot of islands I like for different things, but I'd say work-wise, this is absolutely my favorite one to come play on. Really? Really? Um, I think one of the biggest reasons is I almost feel like I'm playing at home. I'm from I'm from the Northeast. I'm from Massachusetts, and when I come down here, it seems like every night I'd say 75 to 80 percent of our clientele is from the Northeast. So yeah. we'll have it's so many people: New England, New York, you know, New York tri-state, and Philly. And yeah, because all those Northeast areas are represented down here. And I have a lot of fun with them, especially during football season and especially when the Red Sox and Patriots are doing well. And I can, I've had some good back and forth with the New York fans over the years, and yeah. all in good
0: fun. Get your Springsteen and your Billy Joel in. Oh, of course. Do, they, do you find that most of those people like Billy Joel? Absolutely. They do.
1: I, what I like down here is I'll get Billy Joel requests that I won't get elsewhere because there's such a big New York presence of people vacationing. They'll ask. They'll come up and they'll ask for like Miami 2017, or they'll ask for um, you know Summer Highland Falls. They're not going to just come in with the standard you know five most well-known songs.
0: I'm going to request Captain Jack tonight. Oh, you well,
1: we can play that one.
0: That one's great.
1: Captain Jack's a fun one to pull. Yeah,
0: out. you did a hell of a New York State of Mind. You did it uh, the first night I was there. Oh, thanks. That one's good, man. I just uh... so you you said you're playing. You're you you think you you consider yourself a bullshitter? Absolutely. Because. Me to bullshit a song, I'll pick the the main chord progression. I'll stick with that. And I usually won't make it to the bridge. But I notice you, you always hit the bridges and the outros and the
1: solos. Uh, a lot of times, though, I'm editing out the solos. And, yeah, and I noticed. Okay, I, I notice and that the reason too. I do that is, you know, I'm up there for four hours. Time is money. T- exactly. You, but you, also, you can't, if you solo on every song, it just gets boring. And you want to keep people singing. Yep. And there's some songs that, you know, have iconic breaks and solos that you have to hit but for the most part i'm just going through them or admitting a third verse or something and just get through the hit the highlights of the songs and move on move on to the next one yeah like <laughs>
0: jump last night i requested jump you hit the <laughs> solo you have to hit that solo yes
1: but i if you notice i only did the keyboard solo i didn't do the guitar solo You didn't part. do the,
0: the part i don't do that part either i didn't
1: go to the g flat
0: <laughs> do, do you do you you're able to do that though
1: uh usually if i'm comping or playing with someone who's doing a lead
0: that's a that's a g flat
1: it, yeah, I think, okay. it, I think it, it it goes up to I believe I think that's what it does. Okay, because I edit it out so many times. But yeah, yeah you gotta hit the um, you gotta hit the synth solo on that.
0: Yeah, you've taught me um, not to waste so much time talking to the crowd too, because I tend to just uh, maybe it's like a like I have a complex maybe, but I feel like I need to talk to the crowd to get validation that I'm doing a good job and stuff. But you just kind of you you say what you need to say and you move on to the next song. And man, you work through requests and you you, you hit them all. I mean. Out of a out of hundred requests, how many do you think you're able to actually fulfill with this crowd?
1: Um, I hit most of the requests here. Th- there's not that many that are off the wall, though I can, I'd say nightly, 80% of the songs are the same, most nights. Right. The, the requests are a lot of the same stuff coming up. Um, and in, it does happen nightly if someone comes up with something that I don't know, I'll just let them know. It's like, well, you know, I think thanks for bringing up something with the tip. And, um, Sorry, I don't know this particular song, but you have what we refer to as store credit and come on up, we'll find another artist or song that we can replace it with.
0: Oh, that's that's beautiful. And and I need to I need to embrace that because what I'll do is I'll just bullshit the the smallest part of the song I know. Mm-hmm. And the people are pretty happy. But you'd rather if you can't play over 50% of the song, you'd rather just not play it at all?
1: Usually it's, it, I just have to really understand how the song goes, and if, if, I, if I know the tune, and then I can find a reliable chart quickly, I mean I'll use like the Ultimate Guitar app, but that's not um, always accurate, <laughs> and you can tell with an or oh, yeah. two if it's not accurate. especially guitar. Um, but it, if I know how the song goes, I can kind of bullshit away f- through it. If it's one I'm really not familiar with, I'm not going to risk a train wreck and uh, that's when I'll know it's like it's not even worth trying to fake my way through it let's find something else and they'll give me another artist and uh we'll just say okay let's move on and yeah here we go
0: you keep it you keep it consistent and and classy which is uh something I need to take notes for because I can I can just deliver the audience shit and then maybe (laughs) maybe it sounds good to some people but then some will definitely call it out and say he didn't know that song at all why did he even attempt it
1: you can get away with that once or twice a night, I find. like, um, if, you let, if you set the expectation really low and say, listen, folks, I've never tried this in my life. Yeah, Let's see how this works. And then you kind of get them on your side. So even if you do struggle through it, you'll, uh, you gave it a shot. And if it's really bad, just stop it and move on to something else. And if you do a passable job, now you've impressed them or yes. something but you can't do that more than once yeah, or twice you, a night you take
0: them on your journey yeah you say look i don't know this let's let's try to figure it out together yeah
1: but i won't take that risk unless i'm 50 percent certain i can at least get through the highlights of it yeah it's a calculated risk
0: once you did the cruises you then how did you get into this piano bar circuit I, outside I, I of came, I came on off, land
1: I, I came off of um A five-year run working for Carnival and I used to go out for eight months at a time it was long stretches and I really enjoyed it and then when I came off and it was time to leave ships um, I discovered the dueling piano world and I went to the the dueling club in Boston and went and met some of the people that ran that and started auditioning and playing there and getting some shifts and just started the journey of getting into dueling pianos and it's been a, I've been doing that now God, thir- over 13 years, and it's been a great uh, great mainstay of my performance schedule. That's what I do most of the year, and then I come down here and do the solo show and a couple other solo ones here and there. But most of the time, I'm doing dueling pianos throughout the states. And how are you, it's a tour? It's a touring show. Um, well, there's probably 20 different ways that I'm doing it. A lot of it is just regionalized clubs, and there's some different companies. And you know I work independently for all them, and I have my own brand as well. If you look up Shenanigans Dueling Pianos, and also under Greg Asadorian Entertainment, you can find that online. Um, I'm the entertainment director of a of a dueling piano room in Newport, Rhode Island, and oh, we're re- cool. we're really big in the summers. And now we're we're doing just Saturday night shows starting spring into the fall as well. So I'm going to fly home from here on uh, the first of March, and I'm doing my first show in Newport on March second.
0: <laughs> so, but in the while you're here, you're you're still running the show down there. You're hiring entertainment
1: and yes, yeah. I have um, a couple other rooms that I'll you know help, help staff, and I have one at a ski resort right now, and yeah, constantly talking to new places. Cool. And then there's some places in the Midwest that fly players in, and I've been going. I've been going to Nebraska for over ten years.
0: Do you outfit the rooms as well? Are you in charge of that? Like, um, like getting the shells and everything.
1: Some yes, some no.
0: The shells being the uh, like
1: the one in Newport, I I got their shells, their piano shells, and found the keyboards, and you know help them set up the stage and the sound design. Um, other times it's we're bringing in our own gear, and sometimes they have what they have, and we can make it work and see if the show lasts.
0: For those of you that don't know. The the secret about piano. It's really not a secret, but it's uh, most piano bars are, are digital pianos, or at least dueling piano bars. I mean, if you go on a cruise ship or like a, a you know a classier joint, it'll probably be a real piano, right? But then
1: a, a lot will be. Yeah. Um, but you know, I always tell people if that's a good enough system for Billy Joel to use on stage, it's good yeah. enough for anyone else. He, he, uses, he uses a Kawai VPC stage. one, and uh,
0: he's a Kawai, right? He's got a Kawai. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: He's got the Kawai with a
0: redundant main stage rig, yes. running receptor, right? Yep. Yeah,
1: and he's got I think the. He's running Ivory for his uh, piano sound.
0: Yeah, when when I'm on YouTube, I, I love watching rig rundown videos. Mm-hmm. Billy Joel's rig is cool because... Oh, not- you see
1: a, the David Rosenthal interview?
0: Is that... Uh,
1: is his musical director and keyboard player. Oh,
0: okay. No, I didn't there, see... There, there's
1: a four-part series that breaks down his rig oh, and, yeah, and yeah, Rosenthal's yeah, one. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I saw yeah, Billy Joel and then and then yeah, Rosenthal. I didn't know that was his name, but yeah, his man, his rig is the most complex shit I've ever oh, seen. That's insane. Dude, he has like an iPad doing this he like reprogrammed his iPad to and he has redundant keyboards on this side and mm-hmm. the other side and two main stage and A B switches and just and he has um he has hardware backups of every soft synth he has. Mm-hmm. So if, if his, both of his main stages were to crash, he could launch the built-in patch. Yeah, that was nuts. Yeah, it's a fun uh, little web series. You know what else I like to watch is the um, gospel musicians. The, I love B3.
1: I love watching B3. Are you, are you much of a Hammond guy? Or? I love the sound of it, um, but it's never anything I've had a lot of experience oh, okay. with. So it's something I really respect and know that it's, it's really its own thing. You can't just be a piano player and all of a sudden get thrown on a B3 and be able to replicate what a real organ player does. It's its own animal. It's, and, uh, it is. I've, just, I've never had the experience of really working with that, so it's something that I just admire from afar.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's hard, man. When I first started playing, I was looking for the sustained pedal, and, and then you don't, have, you don't have trial notes. Like, if, if, you know with a piano, if, if you're thinking maybe I, I need to hit the B flat, you can lightly tap it and hear how it sounds, but on a Hammond, you don't have that, because it's either on 100% or off. Hmm. So, um, yeah, it's it's definitely a different animal. So you, you, you're you strictly just piano. You don't, Do not you ever use Rhodes or or at your um, gigs?
1: It depends on the song. Normally, in the dueling piano world, we really keep it just the piano sounds. The
0: mono piano.
1: Yeah. Here, I, I can change around a little bit. Um, to suit it like there's some songs I'll, I'll do a little layering of uh, especially if it's a ballad I'll do a piano with a string layer on top and that just adds, okay. a, little, that adds a little depth to the holding the chords or sometimes I'll layer an organ on top of um, the mono piano and to get that like if I'm doing a, a song say like Springsteen's Hungry Heart I'll layer a, an organ okay. sound on it just because it's so iconic to the actual sound of the song. Yeah. Um, or if I'm doing "Don't Stop Believing," I'll put an I'll put an electric piano and a chorus effect on top of the regular piano. Okay. Just to kind of emulate that sound a little bit.
0: So, oh, so you'll actually switch to a different sound, or do you just grab no, your I modulation just, I, wheel?
1: No, it's not even the mod wheel. With the CP33, you can just uh, hit both of both um, sounds at the same time, and they'll layer automatically.
0: I need to learn about the CP33, man. I I'm not. It, in- it's
1: it's old tech, and uh, I wish they still made them. Um, but it's it's just so been a workhorse.
0: I was always a workstation guy because mm-hmm. I just love the versatility. But um, yeah, the stage piano. What's the, what's the one that Roland makes that everyone uses? RD two thousand. Yeah, probably. You've never it. you've never dealt I'm, with those. I'm
1: actually not a fan of the Roland's for two reasons. One, um, I, I just don't like the way their amplified pianos are. But one of the biggest reasons is their if you notice their modulation of pitch wheels are always set off the bass notes so their keyboard's are about six inches longer than everyone else so they don't fit in a lot of piano shells and then you have to get specialty cases for them so just from a logistical logistical standpoint i just don't like the rollins
0: yeah because yamaha throws them on
1: top yeah and it makes just life a lot easier when you're putting it into a piano shell or you're trying to load it into a truck with other gear yeah and they're they're I'm really not a Roland. My
0: first keyboard was a Roland Juno-G. It's been great, but um their 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 pitch bend and their modulations XY mm-hmm. and you know it bounces back like in most keyboards you can pop the modulation wheel and keep it in place with with a lot of Rolands it just falls back to center and I I don't I don't like that.
1: Yeah, I used I I did a contract on a ship once with a Roland keyboard and I wasn't a fan. I noticed um just the action they were using got very spongy and couldn't take the abuse of you know our rock and roll piano show being played on it nightly and it looked all the a's got depressed it was really? a, a strange thing
0: like they were it all happened on
1: both pian- no they were all just like they, they weren't popping back up oh, so it must have been a's. how the yeah it was however the action was designed the a's couldn't the handle a's were
0: linked them. together somehow they weren't
1: linked together i just think it was a soft spot maybe they might have done it in like
0: uh, one
1: octave at a time and the a's might have been a weak point
0: or maybe everyone just plays the shit out of A's maybe <laughs> <laughs> maybe A's uh,
1: so a, D- a is the happiest of all keys you feel you feel I think A's the, the brightest and happiest of huh. keys
0: G's definitely like the most comfortable especially for guitar players
1: mm-hmm. or E for them too
0: C for piano players mm-hmm. God B e flat the, for the horns for the <laughs> longest freaking time I was transposing everything and it was such a dangerous black hole I'm so glad I got out of that because now I'm I'm struggling through. You know, if we play a song in like G sharp, it's uh it's hard because I can't really solo in it, but it's it's a workout, right? Sure. Yeah. So, again, if and if you hop on an acoustic instrument, you can't transpose, so it's just a good practice. But did you ever get into the yeah black I, hole of transposing?
1: I do it, but the the way I'll do it is if I'm showing up and my voice is really really tired. I'll just be able to hit, you know, minus one and oh, just to yeah. save my voice a little bit. And yes, I could take everything and play it down a step, but do I really want to play Piano Man in B and think about that and doing the oh changes? My or it's like, am I just going to play it where I'm in muscle memory and hit the minus one and not have to hit the high note Absolutely.
0: High. Let technology be your friend.
1: It's easier when you're a solo player versus working with another musician.
0: When you do solos uh, for songs, you, do you use uh, blues scale type stuff? Yes, mostly. Yeah, that's uh, a, yeah, a lot, guy a lot taught of, me that. A lot of minor thirds. <laughs> yeah, a guy taught me that a long time ago. I was, I was in a band. Did and that uh, minor
1: third and minor seven. Those are your friends. It's
0: like that C blues scale, and yep. then just do that, yeah. Minor third, minor seven. That saves, that saves a lot of downtime. And playing with bands is hard because you, you have to know when to not play. Mm-hmm. That, that, there's a trade wins. The hard thing about going from doing the piano bar shows to being in a band was just like, people were just like, shut the hell up, Thomas.
1: I have that all the Way time. Way too if much I, keyboard, I, man. If I'm playing with a band, it's like yeah. I, I don't know what to do with my left hand anymore. Left like, hand. If there's is a bass player, it's like, oh, geez. Do you listen
0: to pop music just to stay on top of your game, or do you get enough of it just walking around
1: town? Or, um, I usually do when I'm home. When I'm down here, I get into a little bit of a rut. Keeping up with the newer stuff because our clientele tends to be um, you know not the kids that are going to clubs at home so we're getting a lot of the older requests so whenever I come down here I do an 8 week run when I'm here and uh, I'll end up if anything new is coming out I probably haven't heard it yet um, but when I get home and I start playing college bars then yeah you have to have it down
0: so like if if, if- people come
1: in with um ariana grande requests would you be able to do i could probably pull off something like just the other night we had like i was getting like taylor swift and um wow and uh you know miley cyrus stuff comes up and it's like oh okay yeah i actually can play it what about cardi b oh cardi b i can pull a little bit of Bodak out (laughs) you
0: you could you could do that a little bit (laughs) wow
1: not the whole thing but enough to satisfy them just let them know i know what they're talking about
0: and at least get the hook that's really impressive. I my pop ends at like two thousand. Like back that ass up is like where where I end when I wanna to get to the younger people. Because the older people who who you're playing to most of the time at bars and you know, Springsteen, Billy Joel and John, that usually uh will carry you through a night. But you having to do requests, you actually have to fulfill requests. Yes. my kinda my, my gig when I was doing it was was requests are kinda optional.
1: Mm-hmm. But no, that, you, that you, is the you show. You have
0: yeah. to. You, I mean, it is all request. Mm-hmm. So you have to stay on top of songs. So you mm-hmm. practice. Do you have a practice routine or? Um,
1: when I'm home, yes, and a lot of times it's just listen to songs and try to remember the the melody of the verse because the the choruses usually everyone knows just by osmosis. You know, you're gonna remember the chorus just from hearing it a million times. The ver- like I just did it um, earlier uh, today. Someone the other night had asked for John Denver's Rocky Mountain High, and of course I, I know the chorus and the pre-chorus part, and then it was like the third line of the verse, I couldn't remember exactly what he was doing vocally, so I went and pulled it up on YouTube and just listened to it, I'm like, ah, there, he goes up on that pitch, and uh. so it's just kind of refresh yourself on the, that that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, you played that last night, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and if you notice, I didn't I didn't do the verse uh, correctly. <laughs> oh
0: no, nobody noticed. <laughs> I
1: noticed. Nobody that's noticed. That's what I said I gotta look that back up and uh, give myself a course. So on you
0: that. you have
1: Ultimate Guitar going on your iPad? I have Ultimate Guitar going on the pad. Also, I have my own. Uh, I just keep a Good Reader collection of all songs I've lead sheets I've done up myself. Good
0: Reader, what is it? Uh that's
1: just a uh, um, my like my own pages and PDF files. It's just okay. a collection of that. It's uh, and that's just files that I've made myself and I know that those lead sheets will at least be correct.
0: So just you just have a collection of PDFs. Yeah. Do you have it alphabetized by like, mm-hmm. artists or
1: Yeah. And you can, you know, do a quick search on that. But Yeah, I you tr- get around
0: pretty quickly.
1: Yeah, a lot of times. it's it's different on the solo show. It's if you need to pull something up. I tr- now with all the big songs of course you don't need it. But when you when you're dealing when you're by yourself and you have to ca- have such a wide range of requests, you know, it's a nice tool to have on stage. Oh, I think we're being asked. I'll, I'll take another beer. Well, yes, we'll take yeah, two yeah. more. Thank you. Yeah, our, our lovely uh, no, waitress is no, asking to bring us two more Amstel Brights. Uh, you're really
0: breaking your rule now, I Greg. I know. I don't want to be the reason. Mm. No, you, you'll have a killer show. No, you be might be even have a
1: better show. Might even be better. <laughs> it, it will. be I'm better. I'm off tomorrow, so I can rest. You're off it. tomorrow. It's local local night at Sopranos. But no, being um, you know, I know in the dueling world, having the pads on stage is a big highly debated and contested topic, contested the topic, pad, the drum pads. No, the, um, the iPad oh, where there's purists the that say, absolutely everything has to be memorized. And I say, well, that's great. You know, if you want to have your, have your show and that's what it is. Sometimes a request will come up and you might need to know what the verse is. And I'd rather do a song closer to, to, to be as accurate as possible with getting lyrics right than really bullshitting your way through it. Yeah. <laughs> so but, it, it's a, it's a tool, but it shouldn't be abused. You can't have your head glued in it all night. But it's nice to be able to pull it up and get a refresher on something.
0: Yeah, that's nice. And it's low profile, too. It's, mm-hmm. it's just... It's no, I try
1: to keep it flat. I yeah, don't, don't like it up it's in It's awesome.
0: Face. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I may have mentioned this to you off the microphone, but you, were, uh, you worked magic with that drum machine. I don't know <laughs> what the hell you had. That was more impressive than your piano playing, is, is watching you navigate. I don't feel like many people appreciated your drum machine. But I did, because it somehow magically ends right when you stop playing. I don't know if you have, do you have songs
1: programmed in? No, not at all, not at all. Everything's manipulated on the fly. Oh, our nice cold Amstel Brights have arrived.
0: Thank you so much. Thank
1: you. And for those of you listening to this that have never had the joy of an Amstel bright, It's good. An amazing beer that Amstel brews in Holland, but only is for sale in the Dutch Caribbean. So Wait, you can really? O- you can only get this beer in Aruba, St. Martin, and Curacao. No way. And that is it. Oh, this is great. And if it came to the States, I think it would be huge. But you, for some reason, do. they don't do it. It's kind of like, a, it's similar to a Corona, but with, with a better aftertaste.
0: I'm kind of getting sick of the chill.
1: Mm-hmm. I'd stick with these.
0: Yeah. This is my new yeah. go. Yeah. Do, 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 do they can it?
1: No. Oh, um, yes, they do. They do have a
0: can. Okay. Cuz do they care on the
1: beach if you have bottles? Are, are they I think they prefer people don't have them. But they they're not going to be policing it like they do with the hotel pools.
0: Dude, Aruba is just so cool. It's just I I love how it's such a free for all. And parking's so abundant because every hotel is a casino, so they want you to park. Of course. And, I mean, it's just it's a great place. God, having a piano bar here is the Oh, it's best. great. It's
1: been here I think about 13, 14 years, somewhere in that neighborhood. Uh, I've been coming here, this is my ninth year.
0: Ninth year, for two months in a row. And and is it the same with the other guys, do they also?
1: Um, th- there's a core group that have been doing this bar, yeah, for about the same amount of time. There's probably four players or so that at least do one to two months a year.
0: Yeah, I think uh, Keitar Jeff was here. Mm-hmm. You know him? Yes. Yeah, yeah I've known him for years. He's cr- he crushes the kitar. He's amazing. Did he build him. his own keytar?
1: Uh, he has them modified. And, okay. Uh, but what he does is, I, I watch him and I'm just like jaw hits the floor. Like I don't know how he can manipulate that Dude. thing to emulate the guitar sounds that he gets. It's, I don't know
0: what he's doing. It's a at all times. And <laughs> even when he he hits the uh, organ, uh, he had like a little uh, MIDI organ thing, mm-hmm. and he just he'll hit it,
1: and uh, he's great. Now a cool thing about this club down here is they do bring in different players, and we have the freedom to really do the show that we want to do. And That's good. Of course, they, you know, can judge if we're doing a good job depending on how busy it is, and um, you know they can take one look at, at the the numbers and see how many people are coming through, and that'll tell them if you're doing a good job or not. Um, but I, you know, really have the freedom to run the show as we see fit to suit us and our personalities the best.
0: I would describe your show as a proper piano bar not show, which, which is which is not what I expect, because I just feel like it's going to be something cheesy. Someone, but you you keep it proper, keep it classic. Throw your requests on the table. The more money you give, yes, the higher is, priority, yeah. and you've got dollar bills you can you can disclose this with me or not i do you get to keep uh 100 of your tips yes, yeah. you do yeah that's great man that's great so what do you advise to someone uh i don't know young kid wanting to
1: do the piano bar world start on the cruises like you do i think cruise ships are absolutely the best training training yeah, yeah to get, i mean just trial by fire i mean you have to have the skills before you can go do it but just to get out there and do it six nights a week and get thrown in front of an audience yeah and you know you're either gonna do it or you're not
0: gonna because dueling is is much more hardcore than cruise ships right i Um, mean that's
1: well dueling is different because there's so many different versions of it now and dueling used to have a really good training program where you'd have every city had it's club and they would bring in trainees and bring them along and that really isn't happening anymore. You're seeing a lot of places have one or two nights and there's not like a program set up for younger people to come in unless you're with one of the big chains. And then the, the chains are doing a different version of dueling pianos where it's more of a band along show than the uh the traditional sing along elements.
0: I was so close to doing How at the Moon. But the uh the schedule, man, I mean it's like you're you're gone all weekend oh yeah i mean that that's a sacrifice man Mm -hmm. hats off to you man i mean yeah was it wednesday through sunday night
1: maybe yeah yeah it depends on the location some of their locations are seven nights so i've done work for them in the past and um yeah they're 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 a monster company they're they're big they're they're probably the biggest name in the industry
0: did it start in the south the the dueling piano
1: Um, idea well, dueling pianos actually started in New Orleans.
0: Yeah, okay. It first started, Pat O'Brien's. Pat O'Brien's
1: was the original, but the first like dueling piano club outside of Pat O'Brien's was uh, Alley Cats in Dallas. Ah. so Texas really has uh, you know one of the original spots too, and then from there it spread. That was probably late '80s, or I believe is when Alley Cats was going, and then that got you know in the '90s it really started exploding, and every city had a dueling piano club.
0: Yeah, Houston only has. Uh the 2 chains, Pete's, Howl at the Moon. Mm-hmm. They don't have any local, locally owned, which I wish they did have a local piano bar, just kind of like casual place like Sopranos. Because as much as I like the, the camaraderie at the, the dueling piano bars, I just like a classy joint that you can just walk in. The solo casual. show
1: is definitely more intimate.
0: What do you prefer as, as a player?
1: Honestly, I like doing both because I don't get burned out on either concept um, by being able to do solo for a few months here and then go back into the dueling world as soon as I get home. It, it gives me the best of all the, all the world.
0: What does, uh, what does dueling require that solo doesn't? A lot more shit-talking and obviously vocal harmonies.
1: The, the number one rule, at least what I like, like to think about for dueling, number one rule is always make your partner look good. And if your partner does the same back to you, you're going to set up a really good show. But when you're, doing a, when you're doing a song, even if one person knows it and the other one doesn't, Uh, The person who's leading the song, their job is to be the rhythm section. They're going to end the leading of the chord changes. So their left hand is going to be doing the bass line. Their right hand is going to be comping the chords and they're gonna be singing the lead. The person across from them, they're adding the color and the harmony and whatever else needs to be done. Okay. So the person across is gonna do the solo, they're gonna sing the harmonies, or get the crowd clapping, or do whatever needs to be done, bang a tambourine, What you know, that's in the pure form of the show without drums and um, other instruments.
0: And is it usually one for one? Back and forth, back and forth. Always, yep. always just, one and then the other Mm -hmm. alternate
1: and then you'll see them you know if one person doesn't know the request or knows that their partner kills that song you'll see the request getting thrown back and forth all night
0: oh so they'll like literally toss it wow and so you're gonna when you go back to the mainland you'll you'll immediately start
1: doing dueling gigs Mm -hmm. just until you do you have any other islands um not this year I have in the past. We've done dueling pianos in St. Thomas. I've had solo piano bars. Uh, I worked for years in St. Martin. And unfortunately, both those islands were affected uh, by the hurricane yeah, again, two years it's ago. Yeah, really sad. Um, and there's been other scattered piano bars throughout the Caribbean that aren't around now. But um, I, I used to do islands six months a year. Now, uh, now that I'm married and have, have a wife at home, I, I can't disappear as much as I used to. So I try to stay a little more regionalized. God, man, you have the dream life. I yeah, you know, I I love the job. The hard part is just the travel. The travel is the real work of it. The travel, as far as oh, well, I mean, even when I'm home, it's like every weekend Thursday you're oh, you're, okay. you're either driving somewhere for a couple hours. Uh, you might be away for a weekend. Or right, we could right. I'll right. fly to the Midwest. I'm like I fly to uh, Omaha quite often.
0: But at least most of the places you play, you have. Equipment set up right when you arrive. Mm-hmm. You just have to bring yourself, maybe a microphone and a drum machine or well, whatever. In,
1: in the Northeast, we have a lot of one-off rooms where we where, or private parties too, where we're coming in and bringing uh, the entire rig. And, you know, you're showing up somewhere three hours before call. You know, before the show time, and you're setting up like the the pianos. I have piano shells, full sound, light rig. So
0: you have a warehouse with all these things. Yeah. So shenanigans is you call shenanigans for your party, and they show they bring everything they need. Mm-hmm. All you have to provide shenanigans is a power
1: outlet. Exactly.
0: And shenanigans has full PA.
1: We'll show up with PA, and um, yeah, PA got two piano shells, got lighting.
0: What's your what's your go-to PA? You QSC guy?
1: Yeah, I like the QSC. Yeah. I mean, I I, I was a big EAW guy, It's really? still my favorite speakers, but they're big and heavy and expensive too, and. Um, i went to a qsc system a couple of years ago uh just uh, i love the the K-series. the compact yeah case series. i have a k10 four k10s with the k sub and um and the touch mix and the sound that you can get out of that compact of a system is amazing
0: i just got the uh the the 18 inch sub mm-hmm. that thing is a beast yep
1: now i bought the i went with the uh the k sub the dual 12.
0: those are really portable
1: Yes, it, it it is, and it, I think it gives a really good sound combined with the ten inch speakers. Yeah, that covers the whole spectrum. That's supposed
0: to be the 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 combination. Yes. is is because the, ten, the tens, because the tens have a nice dispersion, mm-hmm. whereas the twelves are a little more focused. They don't go as wide. But I just got a uh, I just got an eight inch, uh, the new ones, which I prefer the old ones because I like the switches. I don't like menu diving on yep. anything. I agree. And and the new ones, although you have more you you have more settings. With your crossover and everything, but
1: no, I, I like the plug and play of the originals. Yeah, but adding the touch mix is a uh, I, I, game changer. I, I love that digital mixer and just being able to control it from your phone yeah, or iPad yeah. when you're on stage if you need to adjust the monitor level. If my partner just needs a little more of their vocal in their monitor. Just boom, touch it there. So you're all
0: about the touch mix because yeah, I love, I, love the I touch know guys mix. that have used that in the X32 rack. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with the X32 rack? Yeah, I
1: have it in my uh, Newport room.
0: Oh, really? And you still go touch mix?
1: I prefer the touch mix. Okay. Um. Yeah. I just. I just like the the for, the way the QSC, all f- comes together, especially mixed with their speakers. Right. I think it's just a great format.
0: Great optimization. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's um. And, and you know what I like about their their speakers their their, K Point Two series is they, the EQs they don't allow you to boost. They only allow you to pull down, mm-hmm. which is just brilliant. Because too many guys are just, too many guys are just smiley face and everything, man. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, it's kind of, they, they kind of dummy proof it. How do you handle drunk people? Like, really, really drunk people?
1: Oh, that, we have a microphone, they don't. It's, <laughs> it's pretty easy.
0: It's easy. Yeah. It takes care of itself.
1: I find you just do everything with a smile and everything will work its way out. You know, really? you, And if things are getting really, if you have to really handle someone, there's security and there's other people and that th- can be the bad guy. I don't, I never want to be the bad guy from the stage.
0: And there are other people that are a little more sober that'll like probably pull They'll the pull drunk person. Yes. Do you have people just grabbing your mics and touching no, your keys? Never. That's not, never not a problem?
1: here. I mean, the way this bar is set up, there's really not many people, no one's coming behind me unless they're invited up here. And if they were to try to come up and do that, I can put a stop to it pretty quickly. And if something like that happens, you know, oh, it's break time all of a sudden. Throw on, throw on the music and uh, take 10. Growing
0: up, were you always uh, getting kicked off pianos? Like, like just, for instance, I, everywhere I go, if I see a piano, I have to play it. And then usually someone will come up and be like, hey, you can't play that. I pissed a guy off in a lobby in New York a couple (laughs) months ago. For me,
1: it wasn't so much other pianos. It was, uh, you know, I I was the kid who would be a nuisance going to the music store and just wanting to go sit there and play with all the new toys there. And, you know, you're not going to buy anything. You're just using it as, like, your day to go kill an hour or two. The poor guys in there are trying to sell stuff, and you're making noise playing with the newest uh, synths. Or uh, It's worse when they get on the drums. They
0: were music stores. used to be great for keyboards, Uh, but now it's just all software.
1: Mm-hmm. It's just all MIDI controllers Yeah, I can never find anything in stock <laughs> uh, it's, it's crappy Although one of the, I think one of the best videos on YouTube Is uh, when the, the new Guitar Center opened in Times Square uh, you take an escalator Because it's basement level And they just call it Descending to Hell And if you look it up, it's a great video It's The guy starts going down the escalator And then all of a sudden, as soon as you clear The, the level, all you hear is guitars Just clashing against each other Everyone playing riffs and Oh, oh it's sounds hysterical. Terrible.
0: It does. We do live in a guitar world though mm-hmm. and that's I re I'd say this on like every episode but it's just I just think there there needs to be more keyboard resources. And uh, I really respect the piano the dueling piano and the piano bar scene. That's that's it's my roots. Fun. That's my
1: roots. It's fun. You know, I I like to tell when when owners are considering bringing it in as a form of entertainment um I say it's one—it's a very unique form because it's one of the only things that can entertain three generations of people. You can have people in their 20s, people in their 60s and 70s, all enjoying the same show. And that's really rare. There's not many bands that can pull that off. No. And, you know, it's um, so it's a nice way to be able to cover a lot of ground. And um, there, there's times, like I'm, when I run my show in Newport... We'll have, we, we have a lot of bachelorette parties coming in, but then we'll have, you know, older couples that are there for the weekend and they'll come in. They'll just have so much fun watching the bachelorettes do their thing, having their night out. And it creates a nice little community sense.
0: Yeah, it's nice. And, and with, you know, with social media and, and all these distractions, everyone needing their little dopamine hit, you have short attention spans now, mm-hmm. especially with the younger generation. And you're able to cater to that because you just keep moving, you keep the crowd just going, and piano bars are good with that. And you can't really say that for all types of live music.
1: Mm. I think the hard, the hardest part for us is battling the people sitting on their phones all night. And there's been times like I've had people here at this club. You know, there'll be someone sitting there, and she'll just be on her phone. Like I had, this was a, a daughter with her. It was her two parents. She was probably in her early 20s or so, and she was there with her parents, and she was just on her phone so long. I went. I just I snatched the phone from her hand. Really? I, and I put it in the center of the piano. I said, "If you can make it 20 minutes without touching this phone, I'm going to buy you a shot." And her parents were clapping. They were so happy.
0: So you, you'll do stuff like that. Yeah. You'll you'll make bold moves like that. Yeah. Did you think it, it could have failed? Oh, what's the worst that could happen? Yeah. So do you find yourself doing that more in the dueling
1: piano world? Yeah, we can pull that stuff off too. Yeah, the key is you just have to be respectful and never do anything that's you know offensive something like that is just kind of playing around and you can make them be in on the joke
0: but some of the dueling piano shows are pretty like almost crossing the line
1: yeah and how do you know where that line is I do adult material and blue material as well the way I get around it is um set up expectations before you go there I'll if I'm ever gonna do what in the business in dueling pianos we'll call it a call down when we'll bring up someone on the stage and we have some kind of embarrassing song about them or whatever i always ask their friends whether it's a guy or a girl whoever's up on the stage i'll say how far do you want me to go with this song and then they're always yelling oh you know 11 go all go all the ways whatever you got so now all of a sudden it's on the friends who just put them up to it so i'm like hey don't blame me this is your friends wanted us to do this and you kind of take the heat off of it. And also, with those adult-type songs, I try to do it from a, a third person and not a first person. So never make it, um, you know, never make it Me and you. It's, it's not me and you. It's, an it's ab, you it's and a, him. It's an abstract situation. Right. And you can just see the absurd comedy about it. And if you present it correctly. OK. And also never, you know, do any really personal things. Right. And. um and then it, it, it just becomes fun. And then it's, okay, this is just silly, silly naughtiness.
0: So instead of saying like, I wanted to look up her skirt, you'd say like he wanted to look up yeah. her skirt. Mm-hmm. You just never make it make first it an person. Ab- Make it
1: an abstract situation. Uh, okay.
0: okay. And
1: then and then if you do that and the friends are in on it, then it's all good. And-
0: Have there been times where, you, where you've crossed over the line and you just like, how do I get out of this?
1: You know, yeah, there's been, I I can, if I look at the person's face and I see they're absolutely, you know, ghost white, they're, they've, they're, they're frozen. They're not enjoying it. I'll get out of it really quick and, and just is, go into a happy birthday or whatever the occasion is and get them, get them off the spotlight.
0: And this will usually be like lyrics to a song. Yeah. Maybe, we, maybe a pop song with, with modified lyrics. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. So if if you you can tell if someone wants to play or if they don't. Okay. And if they're really uncomfortable then you you can find a way to get out of it quickly.
0: So you're able to hit the eject button pretty quickly yes. and you know you know your way out. That's
1: just having situational experience. It's situational
0: awareness and the experience of doing it a few times and 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 have you had many experiences where you've you've had too much to drink and you just don't know how you're going to make it through a gig very rarely very but that i'm sure it happened early on right and the cruises. earlier
1: part in the career yeah when i was you know in my 20s God, and, isn't but it you're terrible just, you're learning you know that you're you're learning professionalism too and sometimes you just you know you can't go there and do that and but you always still want to have fun a lot of places have you know stopped a lot like there's places that don't allow drinking at all on the stage which is understandable if that's what they want to present and then others it's you know just know your limits and make sure you can do your job
0: so and you'll you'll start rejecting shots after a while yeah yeah you can or or maybe the bartenders are in on it and they'll charge he, for a shot of dr pepper <laughs> what i
1: do what i do here is i don't have any drinks before like halfway through the show i'm on water most of the night and then i'll start you're not half. convincing
0: me right now Not Greg. right now or,
1: well it's you know, what time is it now it's 4, four 15 in the afternoon yeah <laughs> We're having our little Amstel bright under the shade. <laughs> so what could someone listening do to get to your level? Keep keep plugging away and, you know, t- to get gigs whenever you can and just play, play, play. Yeah. That's it. And you can, um, you know, you can set up shows anywhere. I've done, you know, there's a lot of restaurant gigs I've done over the years. Find little pubs. You can do solo stuff. There's countless opportunities out right. there. The hard part is, you know, it's usually not in your backyard. You have to go to it or create it somewhere.
0: Right. It seems like the Northeast is pretty dense with uh, this, this
1: piano bar. There's a lot in the Northeast. It's Desire. Just, there's, um, yeah, there is. It's, it's a popular form of entertainment up there. But we end up working at a lot of different venues, so it requires quite a bit of traveling and setting up and tearing down and all that fun stuff that goes along with it.
0: Well, that's so cool you're doing it, man. You're, you're Not only are you on... A beautiful island playing piano but you got you got things at home being taken care of mm-hmm. you got just pianos all over the place
1: can't argue with eight weeks down here in the winter time <laughs> it's
0: beautiful man it's hot here too man but then the, the, the winds keep and you sunny, cool 83 and sunny every day the winds keep you cool the, the water oh, it's sunshine here no hurricanes I'm sold on Aruba
1: that's a great spot
0: well Greg Come back again. <laughs> I think this is a good time to wrap it up Sounds I really, good. really appreciate your time. I've learned a lot from you, just watching you two nights, and tonight will be a third night. Thanks, uh, man. I'm nice. taking notes. I'm stealing all your uh, all the requests. I write them down, and uh, hey, I'm
1: gonna look, go learn them. It's uh, everyone. Uh, I've I learn from everyone I work with too, and you're never you're never done. You're always picking up new tricks, and every time I sit across from a new partner, I'm like, oh, that that was a nice way to. I liked how they approached that, and then you kind of take it you see other people's presentation and then you mold it into your own version of doing it right it's it's just a a nice way to still be individual but keep a concept going
0: you throw a lot of personality and Mm -hmm. and you're you you find out
1: what works for you and sell that
0: what's the hardest song that you that if if someone were to request a song and you're just like oh shit how am i gonna do this it's
1: gotta be bohemian bohemian it's just so involved
0: yeah, there's
1: a lot of parts to it,
0: and but that's um, a good one to learn as a definitely piano is. bar and player. Because especially with the movie now, it, it
1: comes up nightly. Yeah, it comes up nightly. Did,
0: did it come there, up there, before
1: the movie? Oh yeah, nah, it's
0: still everyone. Oh just, yeah, yeah, has yeah, always still, loved it.
1: We we have like there, there's the big songs. I mean, Bohemian's right up in the top five, but we got Piano Man, Don't Stop Believing, Sweet Caroline, Bohem. Um, uh, Friends in Low Places. Friends in Low Places, big, and then uh, Brown Eyed Girl. Those, those are all still the big, big songs. But it's always the the, the Don't Stop Believing, Piano Man, Sweet Caroline, and, and now put Bohemian in there. Those are the the ones every night, nonstop. The hardest part is when someone comes up five minutes into the show and wants to hear it, and you're like, Listen, it's like you're gonna hear it tonight, but I cannot play it right now. We gotta let, let's let's wait an hour. I did it last night with Bohemian. Someone asked for it, it as like the third song of the night when there were you know 15 people there. And I said, listen. I said we'll work our way up to that. And they were cool about it. They understood.
0: I'm coming at eight p.m. with a Bohemian <laughs> Rhapsody request. Then request, don't stop believing. Then Piano Man. Yeah. And Sweet Caroline. What about American Pie? Is that's that
1: that's big too. That's oh, that's, that, big. that's a
0: nightly one. Ah, that's a long one too. Do you, yeah. do you
1: cut it short? Depends on how how big the tip was for really, it. <laughs> yeah, you can cut that one I way usually, short. I usually I do at least three verse, uh, two to three. Uh, uh, well, the the first you know slow verse. It's when I get to the faster middle section I'll either do one, two, or three verses Depending on how we're doing with the song Because you got the beginning and the end That take up a while So it's how many of the middle verses are you going to do And I usually omit at least one of them And no one knows because it's still a six minute song. You never know
0: And you can almost joke about how long the song is And be like, look guys, I'm cutting this short This Mm -hmm. this request is just way too long You didn't pay me enough money (laughs) But man, it's 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 impressive watching you take all these requests. I that's the and work that drum machine. I don't know what I don't know what's it's going funny, on man. with that's that an, thing, man. A, it, I only use What a, is
1: that? What model is that? It's it's a uh, well, it's Roland, it's a Boss. It's okay, a it's DR3. A it's D- over a ten-year-old model. I bought it when I first started doing Islands. I've had it. I bought it in 09, I think. DR3. And uh, you can still get it. It's uh, older tech, but I just know how to manipulate it and get around it. And yeah, I don't use any kind of tracks or anything pre recorded. So everything that's being done there, I'm you know, I'm setting my sixteenth note pattern, the funk pattern, whatever it is, and then tap in the tempo and then manipulate it on the fly.
0: But you've programmed these drum beats in there. No right? no, those are just those, those are, stock? Yeah, those those are, are just, all stock. Those are stock, stock ones. So you just know your way around. You say, um I'm playing this song, I'm gonna use this drum beat.
1: Yeah, and I usually have uh six fill options that I can go with and there's six versions of each pattern so I can change it around
0: so there's six fill buttons
1: yeah there's fill one there's 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 three of them fill one two and three and then there's a variation on all of them so you can flip it to like the B page and get the second third
0: nice and then you can is there an outro button yep
1: an ending button so it'll give you like a two measure to end so you got to time it right and get it to end correctly and if it if it's not lining up to what you want to do for the ending you can manually hit the stop button and
0: so that's how you, you your drum stops you're hitting some two measure to end button yeah. and i don't see that yeah it's quite and then and then it so you just tap it real quick and then some Then i was oh yeah one thing another thing an organ came out of nowhere when you were playing "Walking in Memphis," I, I, I layered
1: that in for that middle section.
0: You had that actually layered in. Well, it just on the I, piano. I went
1: for the piano, just held the sustain, and then with uh, with the CP33, I know I could just press my piano and organ at the same time, and they'll both be layered. So it's when that you know the Reverend Green, you hit that part, and all of a sudden the organ patch just—I was just holding the chord, and I layered the um, the jazz organ on top of it.
0: Okay, that. that's. I thought I was like, did he have that somehow programmed in this mysterious drum no, machine? No, i was been doing, doing that all live. Okay, cool.
1: Yeah. It's just manipulating on the fly. That's
0: funny. You may have noticed my my wife, Phoebe, she requested um, Walking to Memphis the first night, and she said, don't forget the Catfish verse. Because believe it or not, we were in Memphis, of all places, and there was a band playing it, and they didn't even put the freaking Catfish part in there. Yeah, I mean, how are you going to sing Walking to Memphis Mm -hmm. without Catfish on the table? Mm -hmm. They just skipped right over it. And that's that's not acceptable for any band, let alone a band in Memphis. So, uh, I didn't know if that confused you, but yeah, I didn't, I would, I wouldn't expect you to forget the catfish part. Yeah. No,
1: that's not a song I would, ed- the only p- thing I would edit in that song, if we're running on time is the repeat of the beginning at the end of the song. Ah. So if it, it well, it goes back, you know, the, um, FGC. Yeah, M- on, R- it does the b- put yeah. on my blue suede shoes part again as like the outro. Yeah. So sometimes I'll edit that out if you don't need to revisit the, ent- you the gotta, intro. You gotta, you <laughs> gotta
0: mention Muriel. Of course. Yeah, because she she plays piano. Of course. Is it a guy or a girl? That's a girl.
1: Uh, I, I believe. Actually, I've never. No, yeah, it. yeah see yeah, her because yeah. you
0: brought you brought him down to see her. Yeah. 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 You. Uh, so she, she asked me if yeah, you that, were. That four, teacher, five, yeah, four five one six at the end. Yeah, Muriel played, and, and then yeah, walking him. Okay, anyway. I'm thinking to myself. No, yeah, I Anyways. like layering.
1: I like holding the um, the chord with the organ on there, then do a little that's, harmonica that's stuff cool. on top of it. Is that a
0: Is that a E? Um, it's mm. a suspended chord. It's uh, a s- suspended C, it's, right? Uh, I'm
1: playing a C, yeah, C in the bass, and I'm doing a B flat on top. A C says so with, uh, with, uh, with, with four. C, C sus four. Yeah. Sus four. Mm-hmm.
0: And then you, you kind of can hold that four and bring it down to the three.
1: Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. You're just kind of rocking it back and forth. Yeah, it's yeah, sus yeah. back to the root. But then Reverend the Green is an That's E, right? That goes to yeah. E. then but it's then Like it's
0: an e, E7, right?
1: Yeah. Then it, then it just chromatically climbs up till you get to the suspended G.
0: So it chromatically goes from E to F, suspended the G. The walk, walk through, yeah.
1: Walk Reverend through the F sharp Green. to the G. All right. That's it's all cool. gospel.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's nice. It's That's gospel. a great song. I don't know any other song Cone does. Do you? Could oh, you, yeah. You, you do? I do about
1: three or four others. Oh, wow. Silver Thunderbird's a good song. True Companion. Um, yeah, Silver Thunderbird's a really cool tune.
0: Huge catalog you have, man. Well, it's impressive. Thank you. <laughs> Super impressive. Looking forward to tonight. I appreciate Cheers. the time for the chat. And uh, happy happy time on the island for the Thanks. rest of your stay. Thank you so much. Hopefully, uh, hopefully you enjoy it. <laughs> Come on back next year. We'll do it again. Oh, man. We're, we're, we'll be back. Thanks, guys. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Greg Asadorian. Head down to Aruba and catch the show. Even if you're not a beach person, the show alone is worth the trip. Also, you can just give Greg Asadorian a Google, go to his website, and see where else he's playing in the States. I hear the room in Rhode Island that he runs is incredible. Been meaning to make it out there myself. For the listeners, I appreciate you tuning in to the third episode of the More Keys Please podcast. Be sure to head to thomascoconos.com for other episodes and show dates. Thanks again.